0: Welcome to A Rising Joel's Army. My name is Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire Kingdom Awakening Messengers. It is such a blessing to be with you this morning. Thank you for joining us for our last broadcast of this week. It's been an exciting week as we watch what the Lord has been able to do in our midst and teach us and guide us and direct us. And we have been totally blessed in the presence of the Lord and the manifest presence of the Lord. So we are excited about you being here today. I wanna to make sure that we are on and I have to check. There we are, good, thank oh, goodness. It, it didn't take me long to find it this morning so that I can um, read your chats of, with the, of, of what God is speaking to you and through you. I wish I had a chance to read them all while I'm, I'm sharing the word of God with you, but that's okay. Uh, I do go back and read them after, and I thank you for all the comments that you're writing. So please sign in. Let us know where you're from, with city, state, country, and uh, we are blessed by that, and we pray for everyone that um, we are, um, that sign in. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. So hopefully we are on and we are streaming. I think we are. So let's pray. Father, we bless you today. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you all the praise. Lord, we humble ourselves in your sight this morning. I feel such a prophetic releasing from heaven this morning, Lord. From that spirit of prophecy, from their very throne room, God, that you want to speak to us and guide us and direct us, even with Psalm 32, 8, that says the Lord God will teach us and instruct us today in the way that we should go and that you would guide us with your own eye. I thank you today, Lord, to teach us and instruct us in the ways that we should go for this hour, this new day, this new visitation of the Lord that's here. Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would guide us with your own eye. Lord, we hear you, but we want to hear you better. We see you, but we want to see you better. We know you, and we want to know you better. We pray the prayer of the Shulamite Bride. Draw us, Lord. Draw us, Lord, today. We will run after you, our body, soul, and spirit. We will run after you. O King, bring us into your chambers today. Open up to us the secrets and the mysteries, Lord, and the very desires of your heart that we went hear you today, see you today, Lord, understand you today. And I pray today that you would prepare us, position us so that we can be propelled with your glory in ways we've never known, seen, or imagined. May your sons of God and daughters of God come into full maturity today, God. May we rise up and shine for our light, King Jesus, the King of glory has come. And may the glory of God be seen risen upon us today. Lord, we thank you for all that you're about to do in this broadcast. Knit us together as one with you and one with another. Form us into that wheel within a wheel, Joel's end time army, Lord. The deliverers that you're making us to be. We trust you, Lord. We thank you today for what your blood has done for us and your body that was given for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because of your shed blood and and, and and your broken body and your life given up for us, Lord. Today we can declare that we have been disconnected from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we've been reconnected to the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. God, we thank you. We praise you today for the hidden manna. Lord Jesus, come, please. We appreciate you. Father, we appreciate you. Holy Spirit, we appreciate you. And we want you to come. We welcome you to come and be in our midst. We hear that knock on the door of our hearts today, Jesus. And we say, come in. Come in, King of glory. Come in. Lord, strong and mighty. Lord, strong in battle. The Lord of hosts, come. And Now, Lord, we just place this time in your hands you who can do exceedingly above all that we could ever dare ask or think. To you, Lord, be the glory. Amen and amen. Praise God. Good morning, Sister Danetta. God bless you. Hallelujah. I don't know who else is on this morning, but God bless you who is joining. Please sign in, let us know uh, where you're from. Amen, and that would be awesome. Yesterday, God gave us a powerful revelation of hidden manna of how the Lord has in this season, this hour of, of visitation, he's coming with a invitation for a visitation, for an impartation, you know, to a habitation. And that's what the Lord is doing. He's given us an invitation to receive a visitation so that we can become you know, so that we can receive an impartation to become his habitation. And that's why Revelation three twenty is so important because he's standing there at the end of the church age and he's knocking at the door because there's no more, no more horizontal plane for the church to go. And he's standing there. and He's knocking and he's no longer speaking to the seven churches. He's speaking to the individual believer. If any man can hear my voice, and hear that knock and open the door. He says, I will come in in a very new way as a finishing God, as the King of glory, I will come in and I will sup with you as the finisher, as the finishing God has come to finish his course on the third day. I will come in and I will, I will come in and I will sup with you. I will fellowship with you. I will feed you in ways you've never been fed before. He's, and that's, and it is to he that overcomes, I give him the right to eat from the hidden manna that's in the midst of the garden. So this hidden man of this food for us for this last day that he needs to feed us with that will prepare us and position us for his end time purposes on the earth. That's what these broadcasts are about. I hope they're doing that. I hope they've been a blessing to you. I just want to encourage you if you can do a watch party, not a block party, anything but block party, but it's not a block party, it's a watch party. But if you can do a watch party today on Facebook, please do that so that people who may follow you on your Facebook page may come into the broadcast. You know. Also, please make sure that you like, share and subscribe on our YouTube channel. That helps us spread the word. The more people like and actually write comments on Facebook and on YouTube, it actually allows the word to be spread. So please make comments afterwards on the YouTube channel and also on Facebook so that the Lord can spread this message of the kingdom to where he wants it to go. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to start uh, this morning you know with the I spoke yesterday about how do I know that there's been a change of day and a change of season and what does that mean prophetically and I shared with shared with you this week from Hebrews chapter 9 and I'm going to start there today because I just want to again pick up where we left off yesterday and because this is such an important place of understanding to take us out of the church age into the kingdom age out of church life you know church structure into the kingdom structure and without seeing it, Beloved, without being able to see it and where it is in the word of God, and why that, th- that there are two days and two different ages, and why the holy place ministry speaks of the present age, and yet the call of, of Hebrews chapter 9 is to go past the holy place into the holy of holies. Good morning, Sister Eva. God bless you from Canada. That we have to see it, and hidden here in chapter 9 is a it, it, Hebrews chapter nine, there is a hidden nugget of gold from the Lord that shows us why we've got to trans, that why God has to take us past the holy place into the holy of holies. Uh, Donna, you probably remember, good morning, Donna. I think you remember that song. Take me into the holy of holy. Take me in by the blood of the lamb. But The song starts with take me past the other courts and through the holy place past the brazen altar lord i want to see your face. thank you lord thank you lord god we bless you today and um we praise you, we bless you, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. I pray our monitors are watching some things and when we get some chats like that, maybe you can personally respond to it later on, okay? And you know, um, we, we, we do certainly receive prayer requests on our, our channel, and but we want, you know, if anyone has a specific need, you know, I would ask you not necessarily to put it on our chat line, but if you would, please send it. I'm going to write my email on there because this is a better, better place where you can share your needs with us. OK, so um, so that we can pray for you. I'm going to put my um, email on there. And like I usually say in the broadcast, if if there's anyone that we can pray for or perhaps uh, help um you know um please uh you know go to our uh email address and then we can bring your request to the right people okay thank you praise god yeah this particular format isn't so much for that okay this this particular format is for the broadcast and for teaching and we use our website and you know as a place of uh reaching out to people in need and we are very sensitive to that and we want to pray and if god directs us to do anything we will do whatever god would ask us to do so if anybody ever has any prayer needs a prayer request you go to go to you can email me at that uh my my email address or just let me put down the for you right now okay you can go to our website and there is a uh prayer request form on there that goes directly to all our administrators so that we can pray for you and see what God would have uh, us do. Okay. So that should be on there. All right. Thank you. Thank you for respecting that and uh, praise God. And we will surely pray for those that have needs, but you know, the best place to get the prayer and help you need is not necessarily on this broadcast, but you know, to our website. So we'll direct you there. But anyways, in Hebrews chapter nine, I want to pick up in verse eight and says, "And by this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true holy of holies is not yet thrown open as long as the former petition of the tabernacle remains a recognized institution and is still standing. It says the true way into coming into maturity, the true way of being finished You know, Um, the true way of coming mature sons and daughters of God cannot be achieved in the outer courts and the holy place ministry. It wasn't made for that function. He tells us in the preceding verses that Jesus went into the, the high priest went into the holy holies once a year and never without blood for the sins of himself and the people, but he could only go in once a year. But it talks about Jesus, this whole book of Hebrews talks about Jesus being a faithful high priest, better than Melchizedek, better than the Levitical priesthood, because he's entered heaven by his own blood. And he lives there in a power of an endless life, which means he's ever able to secure us, tempted in every point as we were, and ever able to help us, you know, and deliver us. And that is priesthood is of a different kind. Of a different place because it comes with authority, power, and dominion to bring the timely help that we need on Earth as it is in Heaven. So this whole book explains the Melchizedek priesthood and our relationship to it. But to enter in, and Jesus wants to share that high priestly ministry with us. He said, "He says to he that overcome, I want I, they can sit down with me on my throne as I over, overcame and sat down on my Father's throne." So He wants to share that high priestly ministry with us. Donna and I would, back in Connecticut, when we were pastoring a church, we had this brother, his name was Don. And every time he would walk in to see me, he wouldn't say, hi, Pastor Henry. He'd say, hi, high priest. And it would drive me nuts. I didn't want him to say that because Jesus is a high priest. I never wanted to be associated with that. And he'd say, hey, high priest. And I said, Don, please stop doing that. He wouldn't stop. He kept saying, hi, high priest. And later on, you know, he went home to be with the Lord early You know, it was sad to see him go home with the Lord, but I didn't realize that later he was actually declaring our position as a overcomer in the Lord, as sharing the high priest's ministry of Jesus on Melchizedek, that he's forming us into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. And our priesthood is not of the Levitical priesthood, but it's of the Melchizedek priesthood of a different kind. And that's what Jesus is sharing with us. As we enter behind the veil, we begin to share that priestly ministry with them. And we walk in there as priests seeking the face of God. He shows us what he wants, shows us his desire, shows us the Father's desires as we come up into that glory realm, into that, you know, into the Holy of Holies. And then he allows us to be kings, to release it and command it upon the earth and, 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 and power, authority, and dominion to release those very words of God the Father on earth as, it is in, as in heaven. And it happens. That's what we're being prepared for. That's why it's really, really important that we understand what, the, what we're doing. If we continue to live in the holy place understanding of God's kingdom, which means go to church, pay your tithe, do a ministry, um, live the American Christian dream. You go to work, you take care of your kids, you, 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 know, you get your house, your car, the kids, you have your church, you have your ministry, you, you, you know, but in that life, you're in control. You can give God exactly what you want to give him, when you want to give him, when you want to give it, how much you want to give. You are able to determine what you want to give and what you don't want to give. And that's what it says. You know, um, it, uh, it, it says here, um, these arrangements has thus been made. And he was 96 that the priests enter into the outer divisional tabernacle in performance of their ritual acts of worship, worship. We can define a Christian life in the holy place to be what we want it to be. We can welcome the presence of God. We can take care of the things that are in in the holy place. We can take care of all of those things and still live our lives the way we want to live it. And that's the mixture. And that's where the church has been, filled with mixture, flesh and spirit, lukewarm. In many cases, being ready to be spewed out of the mouth of God because in the holy place ministry, We can bring ritual acts of worship, which means we can bring what we what God wants the way we want to bring it. I don't want to go to church today. I want to go to church today. I don't want to stay for the whole service. I want to leave early. I want to watch the football game. I want to get home for dinner. I want to go out and do evangelism. I want to do this. I want to do that. In the Holy Place ministry, you can go in and go out, go in and go out. But we were made to go up into the glory realm. We were made to enter in behind the veil and we were not made to go in and go out. We were made to stay there. But to be able to stay there, we have to be prepared by God, positioned by God, have the right clothing to stay in that place where we are living up here in the heavenly realm with the Lord. We're seated with him in heavenly places where we're getting his mind, his heart, his instructions, where he's teaching us, teaching and instructing us in the ways that we should go. And he's guiding us with our own eye from this up here place, seated with him. And heavenly places seated with him as an overcomer, you know, where we can rule and reign with him, you know, as he rules and reigns in us. As he takes his complete governmental authority in our lives, he can now flow his governmental life through our lives. And we become a living habitation of the Lord. We become a new Jerusalem city. We become a house made up of living stones being built up into a spiritual house that can show forth the praises of him that called us out of darkness into his glorious light. We become a living, breathing, multi-membered body of Christ. So what Jesus did in a single body, he can now do in a multi-membered body because we have been prepared and positioned to enter in to the new day, to the new season. We hear the cry of, of, of Song of Solomon, Chapter 2. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. We hear it as a bride. We hear it as a son, which says, come up here and through the door that's standing open in heaven so that I can show you the things that are to come. So there is always, when there's a new day and a new moment, there's always an arising out of one place into another. And the second day is, is to go into the third day. The third day can never come into the second day. So we have to arise up, we have to rise up. My love, my fair one. We see it again in Isaiah 60, arise and shine. Why? For the light has come. So this moment in time, there's an arising. There's in a call to come out of the natural, to come up in the spirit, to meet the Lord in a brand new way, to be seen before the Lord in a brand new way, to see yourself before the Lord in a brand new way. That is spiritually revolutionary that will prepare you to be equipped with the glory of God, to be filled with the glory of God, enabled with the glory of God that releases the kingdom, power, authority, and dominion in your life exactly as it was released in Jesus' life. We become one with him. Just as it says in John 17, as Jesus says, Father, I pray that the glory that you give in me, that you give them, that as I am in you and you are in me, that they and us will be one. That we would walk in the same positioning, the same power, the same authority that he had. He said, as I was in the world, so were you. As the Father sent me, I send you. The works that I do, you shall what? Also do. So there's a oneness with the lord see glory is oneness glory is the is the marriage supper of the lamb glory is us becoming a bride with our bridegroom so one with him that we move together the kingdom of god is about together it's not me i've said this before it's not me working for the lord or living for the lord what it is is me living with the lord and, and working with the Lord as one with him. The kingdom's all about oneness. And the, and the more you hunger for the Lord, the more you thirst for the Lord, the deeper that oneness is. And to be one with him, you have to let go of everything that you've known. You have to leave everything behind. A man shall leave his mother and father and he shall cleave to his wife for a reason. And we as a bride, you know, have to come and be cleaved to by the lord the lord has come to be cleaved to us and he said in my father's house there are many mansions many dwelling places he says i'm going to go away for a while it's expedient that i go away because when i go away i'm going to make a place for you and i'm going to come back and i'm going to come and get you so that where i am you shall also be that's the season we're living in right now jesus has come back he's returned to us in the spirit for us to meet him up here in the second heavens in this visitation of the lord so what is he going to do when we meet him there so he says so that i so that i can bring you where i am so that where i am you shall also be i've made a place for you the man child noticed the minute it's birth and revelation chapter 12 is immediately called up to heaven because a place was made for the man child and then it's caught up to the throne of God. It, a place has been made. And you know, in the in the church age, there's no place being made for us. We are called to work in the church age. We're called to win the lost at all costs. The whole drive is to, to fill up the church, to get people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's not wrong. You know, to reach people and do all those activities. But it, that's not a place in the end times we're coming into a placement a divine arrangement of god a divine placement of god a new functioning of god ezekiel sees it as a wheel within a wheel he sees the body come coming together um um yes and he prophesies and because the, the, the lord takes him to the valley of dry bones and says can these dry bones live and, live and he says you know lord and god commands the four winds the breath of god to go and the minute that breath breathes that wind is released those Dry bones come together and they begin to form something, a living, breathing body of Christ. It becomes something. And that's where we are now. The Lord is breathing on those dry bones and they're coming together supernaturally by the Lord. Each part supplying what the other needs. Each one coming into the exact place and positioning that God will put them if they will allow God to do it. So you have to allow God. That's why you have to understand that you've got to respond to the invitation because the visitation is going to change you. If you say yes to the invitation, you're going to have a visitation of the Lord that's going to totally transform your life because you're going to come out of the church age, the second day church structure, the 2000 years of the church age. And you're going to enter the new millennium of the third day kingdom of God behind the veil where everything is different. Life changes there. And you can't go into that third day with the baggage of the church age, a mixture of flesh and spirit. You've got to enter the kingdom age totally dependent upon the Lord, totally surrendered to God's purposes, totally surrendered to the, whatever the Lord desires, wherever He wants you to go, wherever you have to move. You give up the right to your life as you've known it to be, which is what a true disciple does. And you enter in under the government of God. You enter into the authority of Jesus and the Lord Jesus actually takes his place in your life as Lord which means he is king, he's in charge, and you live only to please and obey him as a faithful wife to a husband. You live to please the one that married you. Your priorities change. Your language changes. Everything about you changes. Your nature changes because it enters the incomplete. It leaves the incomplete to enter the completed. It it leaves the, the corruptible to put on the incorruptible. And as we enter behind that veil, we begin to see the face of Jesus as a mirror and we're constantly changed from glory to glory. Because when we see him, beloved, it says we're gonna be like him. So seeing him and beholding him is critical. And that's why John, he's caught up on the, he knows who Jesus is. He remembers what Jesus looked like. He put his head right here on his breast. But John, as a type of the first overcomer, has to have a revelation of Jesus that fits the end times. He has to have the full revelation of Jesus and his glory for those that he's gonna share that message with, those that he's gonna write down to, because seeing Jesus in the fullness of the glory that he had before the foundation of the earth, it's critical for the believers to be able to overcome what's coming upon the world. It's critical for them to see Jesus the way John sees him so that they can become overcomers, repent, change and overcome, Revelation chapter 2 and 3, so that they can be seated with him in heavenly places for the end time events everything about that book is about to prepare us for that which is to come and that's why in the church age the church model the church structure that worked for the 2000 years will not work in this in this millennium the equipping the enabling the functioning the services the meetings You know, the gatherings will not work if we continue to use that structure and still do it the same way. We cannot prepare people because what God is giving us in the third day of the kingdom age transcends is bigger and new and deeper and further. And that limited holy place can't contain it. It wasn't made to. So we need new wine, a new wineskin for the new wine. And that requires you and I and our families to change. Are you changing, beloved? Are you giving yourself to this change? You can watch all these broadcasts and they can be great great information, but are you changing? Are you seeing? Are you hearing? Are you understanding the requirements of God to enter into the fullness of being a full grown son and daughter of God, which requires you to give the totality of your being to him, all that you are, all that you have, all that you will ever be and you cease from your own efforts of trying to fix yourself, change yourself, you stop building something and you become something. And when the church stops trying to build something in their own power or in mixture, they can enter behind the veil and become something that God has built. Unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor, right? Labor in vain. So this is really important that we understand what God is doing, why He's doing it, what to expect from the Lord right now, and so that in this message of the kingdom is a message of preparation, so that you can be readied, prepared, positioned for what's coming. The Church Age message doesn't do that. It's about salvation. It's about a harvest. It's about winning the lost at all cost. It's about the gifts of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and whether you're good Christians, whether you're faithful to sit in the church every Sunday, Wednesday, and whether you pay your tithe and all the priorities that we've learned in the church age. But they're incapable of finishing us. They're incapable of bringing us to full maturity. They're incapable of bringing us to where we need to be before the throne of God. This is what Hebrews 9 is telling us. They are incapable of finishing you. And so to enter in the finishing work of the Lord, you have to enter into the third day, Luke chapter 14. The Pharisees come and say, they say, go, uh, uh, Herod's coming to kill you. And Jesus looks at them and says the strangest statement, he says go tell that fox that today and tomorrow I do healings and miracles. Today and tomorrow represents two days, right? Two prophetic days. Peter says that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. So Jesus is prophesying today and tomorrow, 2,000 years. I'm going to heal and do cures. But on the third day, I'm going to come and finish my course. I'm going to finish my work. So on the third day, I'm going to complete my work. And what we are this visitation of the Lord that really got revealed in 2020, when the dawning of the Kingdom Age came to light, it was a time to drop everything, stop everything, and enter in behind the veil. It was to call us out of the Holy Place Ministry and enter in behind the veil so that we could experience Jesus as the finisher. We could see Jesus as the finisher. We could see Jesus as the completer. And we could receive his completed work. The finishing, the removing of every spot, every blemish, and every wrinkle starts by what we are beholding, whom we're beholding, whom we're seeing. But when you see him, you're going to be like him. We what we couldn't pray out of us, what we couldn't fast out of us, what we couldn't word out of us, the Lord is doing supernaturally by us coming into the reality of life behind the veil of coming up into that glory realm to be seated up there and to be seated in that place it requires a complete change in your life to stand in that place to receive that glory to be filled with that glory so that we can now be positioned with the lord for his end time purposes it says in hebrews chapter 9 verse 8 By this, the Holy Spirit points out that the true way of the Holy of Holies is not thrown open as long as the outer portion, the Holy Place Tabernacle remains, a recognized institution is still standing. And it is. And that's why there's another message, the kingdom message, that's being tried to be brought to the church. There's a message of the church age of salvation, and then there's a message of preparation of the kingdom. Two messages happening at the same time one is to do business as you've always done it and the other is we need to stop doing business as we've always done it and we need to come come up here because there's been a change of day a change of season and we're and there's an invitation to come up higher come away my love my beloved my fair one and come with me and the lord says this in in song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 10 through 14. it says the winter is gone The winter is over and the the rains have come and gone, and now the flowers appear. The sons of God are beginning to rise. The flowers appear and the singing of the birds has come and the voice of the turtle dove will be heard in the land. I'm gonna share with you next week about that even more. But right now we're learning why is this important to recognize that the season of the winter is over, the rain has come and gone. We're out of that season, we're in a new day, we're in a new place. And so we have to function differently, think differently, live differently. Are you doing that? I hope you are. I hope these broadcasts are helping you see it. Because, you know, unless a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that's pointing out the change of day. As long as you live in the holy place, as long as pastors that you do services just like you did last week and put a little pain on them, still within a time frame still a set period of worship a set period of announcements a set period of message a set meeting meeting of prayer then all the church activities that we're doing just like we did last week a set time set this this and this we are still functioning in the holy place ministry as long as we allow that to continue i'm not saying we're not to do those things but as long as the structure of that remains a recognized institution standing it blocks the people from being completed they won't see or be able to enter behind the veil. Is this making sense to you this morning? Why is that so? Because as a scene, the first outer portion of the tabernacle, the holy place is a parable, a visible symbol or type of picture of this present age. He's talking from the church age. He's trying to show them that there's more, that a kingdom age is coming. But he says, as long as that holy place is a recognition where you bring your ritual acts of worship every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day personally, I get up, I throw my CD in, I spend this time with God, I do this on my way to work, I do my work, I come home, I watch my favorite TV programs, and, you know, and my routine life is exactly the same as it was. Then we're still living in the holy place ministry in the and the American Dream Church because we're giving to God what we want when we want it how we want it. And we want God to fit into our lives. We want God to fit into our schedules. And that's what we even do that in building the church. We build all of these churches, put all these ministries in, and then we invite God to come into what we built for him. But what we built for him is only a counterfeit of the genuine. It's not the real deal. It's what we built. In our own idea and image in the name of god it's a Babel that's why that babylonian spirit has affected the church so much why do we bring the things of the world into the house of god i remember one of the things that a lot of the pastors did back in the 80s is that on super bowl sunday they would bring the tv into the sanctuary and they'd invite all the men to come and invite all their friends to come in and you know and then at halftime they would um you know uh present the message and people would get saved but the only way that they could come excuse me my nose is really itchy today i'm very sorry it must my allergies are bothering me but um the only way that we could get them to come is to bring the idol of the super bowl into the house of god let the super bowl be the magnet and then preach the gospel from the magnet how come the disciples never did that did they take the festivals of Rome did they bring gladiators to fight in the midst of the, of the catacombs and then say, okay, after you watch these two wrestle, now we'll share the gospel with you? Of course they didn't do that. But we do. We do. What else have we brought in of the ways of the world? We've taken the music of the world, the way that they play it, and we copied it, and we call it Christian music. We copy the style, the ways of the world, even the Christian music stations are looking for a specific sound that sounds like the world. I know because I sent many songs in to be, you know, to see if they could be put out for people to hear back in the early days. And they always got rejected. They said, and this is what they said to me in the rejection letters. This is not the sound that we're looking for. What does that tell you? What does that say? We brought strangers and foreigners into the house of God to tend to God's holy things. So there's a mixture. And in that mixture, you know, we function, we built something and, and, and we want God to inhabit it. And so by this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the Holy of Holies is not yet open because it remains a recognized institution is in standing, seeing that the first outer portion of the tabernacle was a parable, a type of picture of this present age. Listen, in it, gifts and sacrifices are offered, exactly. That's exactly what happens on Sunday, Wednesday, all our ministries, gifts and sacrifices are offered and people do them and they preach and they prophesy and they minister. But they are not growing. They may be growing into faithful employees. They may be growing into faithful church members, but they are not growing faithful into him, into his nature and his stature, because they're living a life of duplicity of flesh and spirit they're living a life of serving two masters neither hot nor cold they're serving themselves and serving the lord they're doing the things of the lord for their own success and many times we don't even realize how that 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 word success has creeped into our motives because we want to hear god say well done good and thy faithful servant we didn't realize that what started out as holy and pure we've been bewitched but just like the church in Galatia, we started out in the spirit, but now we're depending upon the flesh to reach perfection. That spirit, that witchcraft spirit, has affected us as it did the church of Galatia. They didn't even know it. You started your new life dependent upon the spirit, but now you're trying to finish yourself in your flesh? Isn't that the church of Laodicea? You say you're rich in need of nothing. You built all of this in your own power and strength, and you don't even see your poor, blind, pitiable, and naked, and I'm about to spew you out of my mouth? We don't want to see that. We don't want to hear that as ministers, as people, because it brings a conviction that maybe what we're doing is not what God requires. And maybe what we've been bringing God is Cain's offering, the best of our efforts, the best of our sweat. And we keep bringing it before the Lord and say, God, accept my sweat. Look how hard I'm working for you. I have earned your love. I've earned your paycheck. I have earned your devotion. Look at me, God. Look what I've built for you. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? what does Jesus say? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. See, that's a big deal. What we're building is not as important as why we're building it. For what motive? Our success for our own glory? Is it mixed with our glory and God's glory? Think about it. And how are we going to know if it's mixture unless it comes like a refiner's fire and shows us our motives? Search me, oh God. Try me. Know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me was the cry of David. I don't even know my own motives. The only way I'm going to know my motives is to come into the light of the glory of the Son of God. Then my motives will be exposed of undone. I'm a man of unclean lips amidst of a people of unclean lips. That's what Isaiah said when he came in his glory. John fell down as a dead man in that glory. Glory exposes darkness from light glory reveals darkness and light it every revo- it rebe- every glory reveals the hidden motives from the true motives it separates the wheat from the chaff the fat sheep from the lean sheep darkness from light counterfeit from truth glory separates because it exposes and it shows what is real and what is not real that's why people hide from the glory because in that glory everything is exposed it's the day of the lord everything's exposed by fire and the fire Critically approves what is of God and what isn't of God. Wouldn't you want to enter that fire now to find out what is of God and what's not in your life? Wouldn't you want to change, repent, and get rid of those things now before we stand before the judgment seat of the Lord? I do. I don't want that that stuff. I don't want to just enter to heaven, just escape in the fire. Do you? I don't. That's just why this is critical. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, everyone that's joined. I didn't get a chance to greet you, but good morning. And it gives the sacrifice. I'm in Hebrews 9, verse 9. And it gives the sacrifice are offered. And yet they are incapable of perfecting, finishing, completing the conscious and cleansing the renewing the inner man of the worship, worshiper. The holy place and the outer courts get you saved. They get you filled with the Holy Ghost. And they do a work. But they cannot do the finishing work. Because the furnishing work is in the third partition. The Holy of Holies. The glory realm of God, the third petition, requires us to stand before the Lord to receive a supernatural visitation of the Lord. When we open the door and come in and let him come in, we go from invitation to visitation. And in that visitation, we receive an impartation. And that impartation prepares us to be a habitation of the Lord. Nowhere is that more clearly seen than in the book of Zechariah. And I'm gonna go. I've shared this before, but I need to share it again. Would you go to Zechariah chapter three with me? Zechariah chapter three. Brother Alan, that's exactly right. I have studied, I read that book, Holiest of All, probably three or four times. It's a very difficult book to read, but it was believe it or not I'm a brand new Christian and I entered it into Bible school and the, the pastor gives me that book a hard cover of that book by the way he gave me that book and I started to read it I could not understand that it took about six years before the Lord brought me to that book and i I read it so slowly chapter by chapter to digest this revelation of Jesus on'm Melchizedek of what I'm sharing with you so it's a great book if anybody wants to read it brother allen just shared with you about it. It's a tremendous book. It will help you expound these scriptures. But I wanna go to Zechariah, and I wanna show you what it is to enter behind the veil and what happens and what you can expect when you come and you stand before the Lord, that you seek him and you pour out your oil of alabaster box of oil. Be expecting God to lift you up to see him as John saw him in Revelation chapter one. Ask him to show himself to you as the king of glory. Say, I need to see you as the finisher. I need to see your finish. I need to receive your finishing work in my life. And I need to see you as the finisher. I need to see you as the omega God. I know you as the alpha, but I need to see you as the alpha and the omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. So what, does it, what happens to us when we enter into that place? What will God do with us? And why is this not the work? Of, why does Zechariah go on to say that it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit? says the lord this is what the lord tells him about that there's two lampstands and those bowls of oil that supply a never-ending supply of oil zechariah chapter 3 is a real important placement of understanding hebrews chapter 9. it says that as long as the holy place recognizes is recognized as a a, a, a an institution that's still standing it blocks the true holy True way into the Holy of Holies. And the Holy Spirit points out that 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 the holy place is this is a type and sign of this age. In it, gifts and offerings are offered, but they are incapable of finishing you, perfecting you. They're incapable. The holy place ministry of the church age, of all we've known as church, all of our life in that system cannot finish you. How many of you want to be finished? How many of you are longing to be finished, completed, for the Lord to remove every spot, every wrinkle? You know, so that 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 we come into full grown sonship and we operate and live as full grown sons because that's who we are. We just don't know it yet. We don't understand the work of the Lord to allow us to be full grown sons and daughters of God. This is imperative. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord that we understand it. In the book of Zechariah, the third chapter, we see what it means for the Lord to bring us into those into the Holy of Holies. Then the Lord then the Lord showed me Joshua, the high priest. Now notice, today I'm talking about the high priestly ministry. Remember what I said? Brother Don, Donnie, you remember this, would call me, hey, high priest, hey, high priest. And I hated it because I said, Jesus is our high priest. But now I realize what he was really doing because he was a prophet. He was prophesying a position that we, a position that Jesus wants to share with us. So here we see Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and and Satan standing at Joshua's right hand to be his adversary and to accuse him. Okay, this is a prophetic picture. We see Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan is there and he's there to accuse him. Why? Because he's not finished. He doesn't think he's finished. He wants to bring up all the mixture. All the stuff that he's doing wrong. And Satan is there. You know? And where is Satan right now? He's the God of this world. He's a God, Prince of, Power, Prince, Prince of Power of the air. So he's standing in the air. And he stands in that air to accuse us continually that you will never be what God created you to be. You will never be finished. You ever hear those voices? You will never get there. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be you know, worthy enough. Look at what you did yesterday. Look at how you did this. Constantly accusing us before the throne of God. Look at what the Lord does to remove that. Look at the change that the Lord himself is going to bring to his royal priesthood. In this passage of scripture, we're seeing the forming of a royal priesthood, the forming of Revelation chapter 5, where it says, and they began to sing unto him a new song, and he has formed us into a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. I want you to take a look at these chapters as the forming work of how the Lord's doing it, And it requires an intervention of the Lord. It requires an invitation. And when you respond to that invitation, right, you get a visitation of the Lord. You you enter into the visitation of the Lord. And in the visitation of the Lord, you begin to receive impartation to become a habitation of the Lord. So the visitation of the Lord, what does it look like when we go behind the veil? What is he calling us to when we say, Jesus, come in and sup with me, you know, and I'm gonna sup with you we give our part of inviting him in is to worship him to love him and to pour our heart of love upon his feet we feed him our pure holy worship and devotion as we feed him that worship and devotion and him being worthwhile we seek his face we're the generation that will seek his face the psalm 24 that we're seeking him as our vital need that he's everything to us we're passionately in love with him and we want to be one with him that's what we feed him as we feed him that he comes and he feeds us this. He changes us. He feeds us with his own substance, with who he is. He lets us look into his face. And as we look into the face, we're changed by looking to his face from glory to glory. He allows us to behold him. But as we're standing, there, he sees what he sees, the mixtures, the mixture and what it's done to us. He sees what is done to rob us of our place and our destiny and the fulfillment of being perfected. He sees what the holy place has left as a residue upon us. Though we love God, we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and we serve the Lord. He sees the mixture that's still in our life and what it cost us and how that looks in his sight when we enter into that holy of holies, how he sees us and what's clinging to us and what's keeping us where that enemy has accused us day and night. And I want you to see that the Lord fits us for the priesthood we don't fit ourselves for the priesthood the royal priesthood we don't fit ourselves to be a holy nation we have no power to change ourselves and and fit ourselves and and do anything you know to make ourselves right in god's sight whatever we're able to do is by his power his authority within us the bride makes herself ready by seeking him she finds out what he wants, what he likes, what, he, what he's desirable. And he provides all the tools and means for her to beautify herself to be made ready for him. He's the one that gives her all the oils to bathe in, all the wash. He provides everything that she needs to be washed, cleaned, perfumed, so that she can come to her one night with a king, if you ever watched with the movie. She doesn't provide anything. She's just brought into the palace. And everything that she needs to become a queen is provided from her. And the eunuch's job is to provide her everything her need to prepare her for the king. Watch the movie, it was my mom's favorite movie. Don and I love that movie, it's a beautiful movie about being prepared to be married and what it takes. She has to cooperate with the process. She has to cooperate, to be willing to be bathed, to be willing to know what the king likes, to learn of the king, to learn of what it means to be in the courts of the king. She has to learn the protocol. She has to learn what it is to be married to a king. She has to learn all those things. And she has to learn how to prepare herself and to become beautiful. But she doesn't prepare the oils, the waters, the treatments. There are servants that minister to her to prepare her. She just has to be willing to be prepared. And the Lord gives her all the tools. A preparation. That's what the kingdom age is like. God has given us all the tools, all the oils, all the waters, all the bathings that we need to become beautified. I read that to you in Isaiah chapter four. He's going to bring forth his branch, the beautiful branch. But he provides it with the spirit of blast of burning and the spirit of judgment. And it says in Isaiah chapter four, he's going to remove the filth. He's going to remove the filth of the pride and the arrogance of the church age as on this beautiful branch and remove it by the spirit of blast of burning and the spirit of judgment. And then he's going to put his glory over her as a canopy of protection and stability and ability. But notice who the initiator is, the Lord. He does the work. The God that started the work is the God that will finish the work. And so he's the one that sends the spirit of blast of burning and judgment to beautify her, to remove the filth. And that's what it says in Isaiah for the filth. The, you know, I'll just read it to you real quick. It's in Isaiah. Keeping my finger here in Zechariah. What I'm sharing with you today is such the meat of God's word, the process of God, the understanding of what, and how God will do and finish you and complete you so that you can cooperate so that you would see that this is a beauty bath. This is beauty oils. This is a time I'm learning how to the protocol of the kingdom, how to approach the Lord. How do I live with a king? How am I married with a king? This is a season of preparation for that marriage so that we can function together with the Lord as one. That's what people are missing because they haven't heard the invitation. They haven't heard that voice calling them upward. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. They haven't understood that the season has changed, the winter's over and the rains are coming gone. And now the, the the flowers are beginning to appear, the sons of God are beginning to arise. And with that, there's a singing that's going to be heard of an overcoming life because they're cooperating with the preparation process. And then the voice of the turtle doves is going to be heard, which means the prophetic spirit of prophecy is going to be heard in them. But in a, in Isaiah chapter 4. We read it the other day, you know, it says here in that day, verse two, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the land shall be excellent and lovely to those of Israel who have escaped. And he was left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. He that's left, the remnant, the bride will be called holy. Everyone who's recorded for life in Jerusalem and for eternal life and the Lord has washed away the moral filth. Now listen to that word, moral filth of the daughters of Zion, the filth of the pride and the vanity and the haughtiness of the age that she's living in, that which has tried to contaminate her. And he's going to perjure of those bloodstains of Jerusalem from the midst of it that came out of the church age by the spirit and of judgment and the spirit of of burning. And the Lord will create over the whole site, over all the dwelling places of Mount Zion, over her assembly, a cloud by day and a fire by night. For over all the glory shall be a canopy of divine love and protection. That's what we're about to see in Zechariah chapter three this process of beautification this preparation process of revelation chapter 1 through 3 because revelation chapter 2 and 3 tell us what's wrong revelation chapter 2 explain to us where the filthy garments are you've deserted me your first love you tolerate the woman Jezebel you have the doctrine of the nicolaitans in your midst you have a reputation of being alive but you're dead you know you you are uh, um What's, what's you, have, you you are lukewarm, ready to be spewed out of my mouth. These are the filthy garments. And I'm here, if you will repent and change, to remove those filthy garments. And I'm standing at the door knocking to you. Will you let me in so that I can form you into a royal priesthood and a holy nation? Will you let me come in so I can be the finisher and complete you? Will you let me in the way you let me in when you first met me to save you? You didn't save yourself. When you let me in to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, you didn't baptize yourself with the Holy Spirit. Will you let me now in to finish you? Will you let me do my, my third day work in you? Because in that third day work, I'm going to prepare you and position you to be filled with my glory that I will be seen upon you and risen upon you so that nations comes to your rising and to your brightness. That is a completely different work and operation of, of our life in Christ, Christ's life in us than we have learned in the church age it's completely different. But what about the lost? What about the sick and what about the needy? You lose none of those things by allowing this preparation. Matter of fact, it gets enhanced and empowered. So now you're not trying to go out there to the guy in the wheelchair just because the logo sword said so. Now the Lord sends you to that one in the wheelchair. And they rise up and they walk he sends you to that dead one and they arise because you didn't send yourself you're so one with the lord that you know that that what you're doing what you're saying what you're doing has come only from god himself you're not trying to make god's word work that's what we do in the church age we try to make god's work work i remember they were having a conference one day to teach people how to work miracles how do you teach people to work miracles did jesus ever take his disciples today we're going to learn about the working of miracles no He taught. (laughs) No, he didn't. He just was the miracle worker. He let them watch him in his abiding relationship with the Father work miracles. He didn't say, here's the operation of a miracle step one, step two, step three. He just was the releaser of miracles. He taught them to abide in him. He gave them power and authority to do it. And as they went out in obedience, they worked signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. There wasn't 27 steps in the working of a miracle. We got we got Christian bookstores filled with the 27,000 steps of how to try to do something and they don't work because we took that which is holy. We took the power of God in the very word of God and we dissect it up into human understanding, intellectual wisdom. And then we try to make a puzzle and say, if you do all these puzzle pieces, then you'll be able to work miracles. Or we just name it and declare today. I'm gonna to work miracles and I'm gonna do it. That miracle working power comes from oneness with God. Jesus said, I don't do anything on my own self, on my own authority. But as the voice comes to me, I hear it, and I do only exactly what the voice uh, say what the voice tells me. What the father does, he shows the son. And everything the father's doing, he shows the son because the father absolutely loves the son and shows them all of these things. So out of the love relationship, the pure, holy love relationship with the Lord, you're able to see what the Father wants, you're able to hear what the Father says, and then you're empowered to do what the Father tells you to do because you're one with him as Jesus was one with the Father. For that oneness to become a living reality, we have Joshua the high priest. Now, this is very interesting. As I've studied this over the last thirty-something years, okay. All we know is Joshua's before the, the 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 angel of the Lord, and Satan is standing at Joshua's right hand as his adversary to accuse him. So we got two positions here: the accuser of the brethren, Joshua, the high priest, and we got the Lord. Look what happens. Look who speaks. Look who initiates. And the Lord said to Satan. The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord who chose Jerusalem rebuke you. Do you remember Isaiah chapter 4, who God chose? The daughters of Zion, who are aware, in Jerusalem, right? Who now inevitably choose Jerusalem, rebuke you. And then it makes a declaration. Is this not a brand? Joshua this captive. A brand plucked out of the fire boy what is he talking about that's what i said what is this have you ever done that when you're studying the word of god what does this mean okay god speaks i rebuke you satan get away from joshua the lord rebuke you because god's chosen him and isn't he a brand plucked out of the fire Hmm. And the Lord, you, the Lord you seek shall suddenly come to your, his temple. And who can stand the day of, of when he appears? And who can endure the day of his coming? But when he comes, he's going to come like a refiner's fire and full of soap. Who can stand in that day when he appears? Because he comes like a refiner's fire and full of soap. What's behind the veil? That's why when we come to a convergence, it is not a soaking service. It's a burning service. It's not even a service. It's a burning gathering. It's not a soaking time. It's a burning time. We're not calling, He's not calling us into the soaking of the holy place. He's calling into the burning of the holy of holies because it's by fire. Everything is by fire. God changes the nature of everything. His glory is fire. His fire is glory. And in that glory, Fire. Everything is changed and made one with the flame. That's why Moses, when God chose to reveal Himself as the I Am that I am, He chose an ordinary bush to be on fire but not consumed. That was a prophetic picture of what He was making Him—a bush on fire. He makes His ministers what a flame of fire. Interesting that when I when I when I first flame of fire got birth, I was given a word from two different prophetic people, one on the East Coast and the uh, West Coast, who did not know I was preaching that night. So said, Are you preaching tonight? I said, yes. Matter of fact, I wasn't supposed to, but the, the pastor asked me to. He says, all I know is that when you, at the altar call, just say these words, God send your fire. And I did. And the fire came. And it transformed those young people like I've never seen before. So as Joshua is positioned before the Lord, God says something. Hmm. When God started creation, what did he do? He said something. Let there be what? Light, and light came into existence. So God's saying something, and it gives a command. The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? With that command he's put away in revelation chapter 12 when that man child comes up into this spiritual position right here a war breaks out in heaven and the angel of the lord michael is released to take the angels of god that are greater than satan's demons and their war breaks out and they satan the demons are caught are thrown out of ruling in the air where the principalities and powers were they are cast out of that air realm and they're cast down to the earth and he's angry and he comes with a vengeance in that moment why because he's been displaced he's been removed from what he stole he stole that place in the garden and now Jesus is standing in that air to restore that place in the air that we had when he formed us when he made Adam and Eve Jesus comes to take that place he stands there as our high priest as the king of glory and he stands there and he gives us an invitation to come up to meet him in the air Come up to meet him in the air, to see him up here in the air and behold him as the king of glory so that he can speak this word. Oh, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? And you, the remnant of God, the sons of God, you are that brand. You are the fire brands. You've been plucked out of the fire. I've been plucked out of the fire. Your church may have been plucked out of the fire of God's refining. God's separating the wheat from the tare. You've been in that winnowing fork, fork and you've been separated as wheat unto God. And now you've been placed before the throne of God to receive in den time intervention. Remember, it's, it's, it's um visitation, intervention, right? It's it, a, a visitation, intervention, restoration. That's what it is, intervention restoration impartation intervention i forgot what the order we put in. But it but but that's the order it's invitation visitation right to receive the impartation to become a habitation now notice both in isaiah chapter 4 the branch of the lord which is us god has to do something he, and he comes to remove the filthy the filth of the age in Isaiah chapter 4, the filth of the ages on his bride. And he does it by the spirit of of burning and the spirit of of judgment, finding fire, fire, soap, and all as they stand before the Lord. Now, look what happens here. Now, Joshua was, was clothed with what? Filthy garments and was standing before the Lord in filthy garments. Do you want to see what that looks like? Okay, then read Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Then you will see what the filthy garments look like. The filthy garment of deserting our first love. The filthy garment of having a reputation of being alive but dead. Of, 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 a dead. A filthy garment of uh, bringing the doctrine of the Nicolaitans with its two classes of people, clergy, here, everybody else underneath. A filthy garment of tolerating the voice of the world of Jezebel and bringing it into the house of God. The filthy garments, you know, of having a reputation of being alive but a dead, filthy garments of being lukewarm. All of that has has been, has covered because of the holy place ministry is still an existing uh, institution is still standing. To enter behind the veil, we have to know the protocol of approach. Psalm 24, who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? He that has what? Clean hands and a pure heart, and who has not sworn deceitfully. They shall receive a blessing from the Lord. This is a generation that will seek his face. As you respond as a son, as a daughter of God, to that upward calling of the Lord, God is positioning you to release his completed work in you and through you so that you'll be ready with him now. For the events that are coming on the earth, you'll be ready, positioned, enabled, and propelled with the glory of God so that you can function fully as full-grown sons and daughters of God. And he's taking all of those that will come through this process, and now he's beginning to bring them together in a divine convergence <coughs> so that he can knit, <coughs> so he can knit us and fit us together as a wheel within a wheel. But look at this, is beautiful. And I'm gonna I gotta wrap up here because I'm almost done. Okay. Now, he gives a command. He sees Joshua's position. Revelation one, Jesus sees the condition of the church with its filthy garments on it. And he gives us three words, change, repent and overcome. But we cannot change and repent in our own power and our own strength. We have to change and repent by becoming one with Jesus as he wants to be revealed in this hour, we have to let the King of glory come in. We have to open up the door and let Jesus come in as the finishing God. We let him in as the alpha God to start the work. Now we have to come into the reality that he's here to finish us. He that has begun this good work in us will be faithful, what? to complete that work within us, even to the day of Christ, which is where we are now. And then again, Lord speaks. This is a command. This is a miracle. This is how the Lord, this is how Jesus changes us from water to wine in John chapter 2. We don't know how that water got changed from water to wine. All we know is that when Jesus gave a command to fill up those six clay pots with water, he only gave one other word, draw some out and bring it to the master of the feast. And all we know is that while they're bringing it out, it's water somewhere it turns to wine and when it gets to this destination, it's the best wine that was saved for the last. How did it happen? I don't know, when did it happen? I don't know, on the journey. How did it happen? Can you explain it? We have people trying to figure out now, you know, in, 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 the, in the old church system, okay, what was the size of the pots? And what was the density of the water? And what did the, what did the, um, um, what do you call that thing? cup looked like that they drew it out with? What was the shape of it? Did it have properties in it that could change water to wine? And when did that water change the wine? Was it after 20 steps, 30 steps? They want to understand how it happened. He doesn't tell us, nor does he want us to know how it happens. Why doesn't he want to tell us how it happens and why it happens? Because it's a miracle. It's a finishing work to complete the wedding. That's all we need to know. That's all we need to see because now we have to have faith to believe that God who started this work will finish it. That's what the book of Zechariah is all about. The hands that started building the temple are the same hands that are going to finish it. And how is it going to get get finished? By an unceasing supply of oil from God himself. And what is that oil? You don't understand what it says in Zechariah chapter four. He says, this is the word of the Lord. That unceasing supply of oil. What is that? Uh, uh, Zechariah, what is that? It is the word of the Lord to Joshua and Jeroboam. It is not by might and it's not by power. Do you know what that's important? It's the removal of a mixture of flesh and spirit. It's the removal of taking us out of the church age of flesh and spirit to just being all of God. It's not by work, is it? It's not by might, not by power. That's what I can do. That has to be removed from the pure, holy, divine kingdom seed that's placed within you. It has to be removed from that whole pure kingdom life that lives within you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That has to be removed because if it's not, the enemy can continually accuse you and tell you you are not what God says you are, that you do not have what God says you have. And you'll never be able to see yourself correctly or function correctly because of the lies of the enemy. And so the lord says i'm gonna do something about it i'm gonna jesus i'm gonna come on my third day and i'm gonna finish my course i'm gonna remove all of that i'm gonna break the power of sins hold off of them once and for all so they can see themselves finished in me working with me one with me as my bride so that when the prince of this world comes now just like i said then he'll find no place in us i'm gonna finish them i'm gonna complete them On the third day, you go tell that fox, I'm going to complete my course. You go tell him, I'm going to finish my work. I'm going to do it. That's what he said. I'm going to finish them. I'm going to complete them. You're going to look like I didn't finish them. You're going to accuse them day and night, but I'm going to come on the third day, and I'm going to finish them and complete them, and there'll be no place in them because there's no place in me because they're one with me. Glory to God. That is praise the Lord. Doesn't that excite you today? How's he do it? By a command. Verse 4. Take away those filthy garments from him. Why? Because I'm going to give you a miracle. Behold, I caused your iniquity. That's the sins of the past. Iniquity. Sin is present. Iniquity is sins of your fathers, your forefathers, or of an age. I'm going to cause your iniquity to pass from you. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to remove it. Oh, come on. Listen to the word of God. I'm going to remove it. That which was hindered you, that which you, that's in this church age that the enemy has used to accuse you day and night before me. I'm going to remove them. I'm going to cast them out of that place in the, in the in, 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 in the second heavens. And I'm going to bring you up here, though, that where I am, you shall also be. I'm going to bring you into a new place, a new reality of your real life, of what I made you. I'm going to show you my my completed victory. All I'm asking you is to recognize your state, to repent, change, and be willing to let me come in so that I can finish you and complete you and stop being like the Galatian church that's trying to reach perfection in the flesh. (laughs) Look at this. What a powerful word. Yes, Lord. The Lord's doing it. That's what we experience at the divine convergence. This work of God is what we experience individually and collectively at the convergence. Why won't you come? If you're hearing this broadcast and you know people, tell them that God there's a finishing work for the Lord to be doing in their lives. Share the broadcast with them, please. so what happens? A command, take away those filthy garments. At the convergence, we lose sight of what we were. And we begin to see who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us individually and together. And a pure love for each other. is We see each other so differently. I mean, it's got a completely different dynamic. It really is the mechanism that God wants to use to knit us and fit us together as a living, breathing wheel within a wheel. I've noticed recently somebody others are using the words converge praise god but the convergence that god is speaking to me about is not a conference it's not to receive more teaching and sit this convergence is to meet the living god dwell with the living god and then as we dwell with him and he removes his filthy garments and he prepares us and he bathes us and he brings the bridal orders uh, uh, the bridal um, perfume on us, we begin to be positioned to receive the instructions and the blueprints and the protocol of heaven, the worship that's needed, the operation of our lives in functioning with the spirit of God, not by might nor by power, but by the spirit. And God knits us together and fits us together for his glory and purposes. And it comes by command. Remove those filthy garments from him. Remember, he's here to beautify us. Isaiah chapter four. And be, behold, I've caused your iniquity to pass before you and I will clothe you. Now I want you to see what he's doing here. I'm going to remove your filthy garment. I'm going to remove its operation and its effect upon you out of the holy place ministry. Why? Because a holy place can't complete you. I'm going to remove it as a recognized institution in your life. Wow. I'm going to remove it from the mixture, and I'm going to bring you into a higher place, a deeper place, a finished place, the place I went to prepare for you, prepare for you so that where I am, you shall also be. This is glorious, beloved. This is glorious. And I'm going to clothe you with rich apparel. That word rich actually means royal, royal apparel. I'm gonna dress you with royalty. I'm gonna make you a royal priesthood. This is where God's royal priesthood is formed. He forms them. He makes them, by the word of his mouth, remove their filthy garments. Today, I cause your iniquity to be passed by. And now, clothe them. This is all the initiation of God. This is an end time work, an end time visitation of the Lord. That is found in revelation chapter one through three to prepare us to stand in revelation chapter four and five through that door open in heaven and to understand that we are called up here to walk in that access way with god that glory place with god up here in the heavenly realm in that glory realm where the seven spirits of god will be filling our lives when the spirit of prophecy will burn in us and will be able to release on earth the cleansing judgments the words of consequences and be able to work with Jesus as his bride, together with him as a bridegroom, with the living creatures and all of heaven and all the angelic, uh, angelic activity in heaven now manifested in us and through us on earth to transform the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. He says, and I will clothe you with rich apparel. That means God is clothing us to be positioned to stay there. How many of you are tired of going in and out of that holy of holy places? It's like we've been a yo-yo, in and out, in and out, in and out. In the church age, we may have gone in and out, but but at least we went in. And it's because we went in, we understood that I can't stay down here. Once I've tasted of God of this glory, how can I go back to church services as normal? I don't want to go back doing six songs. I don't want to do that. Not because it's bad. It's just that I've tasted the more. I want the more, not the less why when you have a freezer full of filet mignons would you want to just to eat hamburgers i mean nothing wrong with hamburgers you know but you never eat the flaming mignon. you just leave it there and you become content with hamburgers where the flame is behind the the veil so look what happens verse five isaiah zachariah said let them put a clean turban on his head so they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with rich garments So what happens? A prophecy comes forth. Let a clean turban be on his head. You know what that turban represents? The Holy of Holies. Yep. The apparel represents the preparation to go into the Holy of Holies, to stand before the Lord. The turban represents the new kingdom thinking. Because it's on your head. It's kingdom understanding, revelation, knowledge. That new turban represents the mind of Christ. Now you're clothed with the true mind of Christ, not trying to get the mind of Christ. You're clothed with his garments. You're clothed with his royalty because you made one with him. And now he puts that new turban on your head so that you can see differently, think differently, live differently, walk differently. Isn't that what I've been saying? What God has been saying through me to us? That this entering to the third day is completely different. And notice you have to have different clothes. You have to have the clothes that can stand in that place. Do you remember the parable when Jesus said there was a man that entered into the wedding feast and he didn't have the the wedding garments on? And he sent his servants on the, sir, how did you get in here? He said, well, I just walked in. And the servants said, listen, you're not allowed in here because you're not clothed correctly. You don't have the right clothes to enter this. And they put him out to where there's gnashing of teeth. He wasn't prepared. He wasn't positioned. And he didn't have the right clothes for the hour. He didn't have the right turban for the hour. Do you see how important this is? why we can't miss this moment in time. Do you understand why God is having me do this broadcast so we don't miss this visitation of the Lord? Because it's an invitation for a visitation. And in that visitation, we get an impartation, right? So that we can become a habitation of the Lord. This is what Joshua's experiencing now. Now that he's clothed right, now that Satan's put away, now that he's positioned, now that God finishes him and removes the filthy garments off from him, clothes them with royal royal um, um, robes. What does the Lord want to do with Joshua? Eh, I'll just send you back down to the church age. I'll just send you back into the holy place. you hear? This is fun. This is great. You got new clothes. Go out and show everybody your new clothes. Go back and do what you were doing. Nope. I want you to listen to why the Lord changes this high priest's clothes and what purpose. And then you'll understand the heart of this new day. You'll understand why God shut everything down in 2020 and shut it completely down so that we could begin to hear that voice of the war trumpet or the voice of that, to the bride that says, arise my love, my fair one, and come away with me. Or come up here. Why was it critical for us to respond rightly in 2020, 2021, and 2022? And to the Bible ministers, if we didn't hear this or we heard it and we ignored it because we still think that church busyness of the outer courts and holy place is what God wants, then you're going to lead the people away from the Lord, away from the kingdom work of the Lord, away from the kingdom preparation. And you will they will be the company of the woman when after that man child birth will be chased by the dragon. Is that what you want? Because we didn't take the time to prepare them. Why? Because this doesn't fit the mold, does it? It doesn't fit church life as we've known it to be. This is not a message you preach in church. Who wants to hear this? Because you realize what it would do? It would wreck everything. It would stop everything. It would confront everybody in the mixture. It would cause them to see that we're lukewarm. We're in a church age of Laodicea where we're lukewarm, where we're rich in need of nothing. And God, we can't let that happen. God forbid we let the true state of what we look like before God be known. It's better to pretend. It's better to make an alternate reality and say, We are the church. Isn't it interesting more people worship the church than they worship God? They're in love with the church more than they're in love with God? Man, beloved of the Lord. I hope you're hearing what the Lord is saying today. Now I'm going to end this week here. And we'll pick up on this on Monday. Probably going to do one more week. I think next week may be the last week of this particular series. Not only because we're getting ready to go to uh, New York, but I think the Lord's going to finish up this particular series for now. It says, thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 7. I'm in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, speaking to Joshua, if you will walk in my ways and keep my charge. That's why the garments have to be removed. That's why we can't stay in the holy place. Why? Because Isaiah prophesied, God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. When Moses is about to see the glory of God, he has one prayer. Teach me your ways, O God, that I may know you. And if I have found favor in your sight, show me your glory. The mature sons of God are there to learn and move in the ways of God. Not the ways of man and God, not the ways of man, the ways of man and God, but the ways of God. If you will keep my ways, that's why he has a clean, hermit, clean turban. Because now, like the Shulamite bride, she can say, "I am my beloved's, and his desires are towards me." Notice, there's no self-life there; she lives only for his desires. So now she's positioned to know the ways of God. Paul says it as a son: "I've been crucified with Christ; nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ, but Christ now lives in me." And the life I now live, I live in complete faith and trust in him who loves me and gave himself up for me. In other words, my life is not my own. I'm here for the ways of God. Jesus walked in the ways of the Father. He demonstrated the ways of the Father. He spoke only the ways of the Father. He did only the ways of the Father. He declared only the ways of the Father. And because of that, he was able to stay in that place of power, authority, and dominion. Not as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man, filled with the glory of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God. And look what happens. If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge. Here it is. Look at it. Isn't this the overcomer's position? Then you shall rule my house. You shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. Isn't that the song of Revelation chapter three? I'm uh, speaking Revelation chapter five, verse ten through sixteen. And when he took the scroll, they began to sing a new song, for he has called us and chosen us out of every tribe and every nation, and he's purchased us with a whole purchased us with his own blood, and he has formed us into a kingdom of kings and priests, so that we shall rule and reign with him. Forever and ever. That's the victor's song. That's the overcoming place. That's the positioning that must come before the end time events fully come upon the earth. And he says, If you will keep my ways, I will give you charge, and then you shall rule my house. And to he that overcomes, I will grant him the right to sit down on me, sit down with me on my throne, as I sat down, as I have overcome, and sat down on my father's throne that's a divine positioning joshua is getting this positioned as a priest of the most high god he's sharing in the the melchizedek ministry of jesus and because of his priestly ministry of being prepared by god himself with god's supernatural intervention changing him from water to wine by changing his clothing changing his turban he's now given a position to stay before the throne of God, to live before the throne of God, not going out, not going up, not going down like we've done in the holy place, but to stay there. That is the place the Lord has made for us right now to live in the spirit, to meet him in the air, and then for our head to be up in that glory realm. That's where the new turban is. Our feet spiritually are where Jesus is in the air, And now that our feet are in that air, seated with him in heavenly places, our head are now into the throne room where we're getting the divine instructions and plans and blueprints. Guess what that means? Satan is now under what? Our feet. And The Lord's feet. Because we're now walking in kingdom power, authority, and dominion. So if if you shall rule my house and have, have charge over my courts, and I will give you access. I will give you access to my presence, that word is also means glory, and places to walk among these who stand here. I will give you access and the right to stand here for those that are standing here amongst me before my throne. That's what Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3 produces and brings us into this place that Joshua has right here. And I'll pick up on this next week. But isn't that powerful? Doesn't that encourage you today? Thank you, Lord. Don't get caught up in what others are doing. Get caught up in what God is doing. Let that work be seen in you. Let your light shine before men and you'll begin to see that your life will be so different that people will look at you and say, what is it that you have that I don't have? They'll begin to see Christ in you. That light will shine and his glory will be seen risen upon you. And they'll be drawn to Christ in you, the hope of glory. I can't fix anybody. I can just be fixed by the Lord, and by allowing the Lord to fix and complete me, then His light can shine so that others can find the way to be completed in Him, and I become a pointer, a marker, a way to point them to find the Lord as you found the Lord, as I found the Lord, so that God can do in them what He's done in us. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. Let's pray. Let's thank God. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to take a little drink first; my mouth's a little bit dry. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you glory. And I give you honor. There is no one like you. I pray right now a release, a strengthening, Lord, an impartation from your spirit that would cause this word to become our life's experience. That this word would become flesh within us, Lord. That you would take this word today and you've written it directly on our hearts and we say yes to it. And we say it to you like Mary said, be it unto us, Lord, even as you have spoken. Be it unto us, We open up our hearts to receive this visitation, this impartation, so that we can become the habitation of you, Lord, on the earth. That we can stay our prayers, that we would stay like Joshua, that you would give us access to your courts and to walk with those that walk amongst you before your throne, Lord. That we'd be one with you, one with them, that heaven and earth and us would be united as one. That they would see your kingdom come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray such a release, such a strengthening, such an enabling grace, such an outpouring, Lord. Cause this fire to ignite like never before. Cause it to burn within us, Lord. And let a deeper passion and a hunger of being married to you burn within us, Lord, to being one with you. So that, Lord, this outworking can happen in our life. We see today, Lord, that the bride made herself ready, but you provide the oil. You provide the water. You provide the bathtub. You provide the teaching of the protocol of approaching of the king. And you provide us the way to learn how to function with you as a queen to her king. I thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. We surrender. We give up. We let go of our own strength and power of trying to complete ourselves. And we let go. And we enter into that third day anointing where we cease today from our own efforts. And the only thing we're going to do is cling to you and seek your face and believe you that you who started this work will be faithful to complete us. We believe today in your finishing work that we are being changed right now from glory to glory. And we are manifesting as full-grown sons and daughters of God upon this earth. And we will be that multi-membered body of Christ, mature, filled with your glory, Doing only and exactly what you want us to do as the Father gives you the instructions to do. Thank you for making us one with you, Lord. Thank you for making us one with you. As you are in the Father, the Father in you, we are one with you both, with all three of you. So the world will know that you have loved us, Father, as you have loved Jesus. Now to you, Lord. We can do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wow. That was a this has been a very powerful week with the Lord. Powerful because of God. Not because of us, but because of God. We really appreciate you watching. Would you please share these broadcasts with others? Put a link on your webpage or on your Facebook. Put a link to it, please. Let let, let people find it. Maybe share your testimony of how it's changing your life, so people can go to the website and find the resources, you know, so that that this word can affect their lives as well. Would you do that, please, if God would touch you to do so? Amen. I want to remind you, May second through the seventh. I don't know if Reverend Lynn put that down there. I think she did. It's for the Divine Convergence, you gotta come. I know, I know, but you gotta come. I'm praying that God would touch your heart if it's His will for you to be there for this gathering. It will be like and. Anything any of us have ever experienced before, you don't want to miss it. If you'd like to be part of the prayer team or prayer warrior for this, you know, write to Reverend Lynn. Maybe, Lynn, you could put your address up there. You know, if you'd like to participate with us or if God is leading you to help out in any way, or, you know, if you feel even led that, you know, the Lord would release financial blessings to help us get there, Donna and I, and take care of the needs that we have beforehand, well, you can do that if God wants you to be part of this. And I want you to go to our website, if you would, and take a look and read about Team Converge. Okay. Read about that, please. Read that section. And then if you go down the page, you'll see FIPO Connection. I encourage you to look at that as well, because all of that is about the forming of the wheel within a wheel. And maybe God would want you to be part of what God is doing together. We're not trying to build a ministry. We're not trying to build another organization. We just want to find those God wants us to work with and labor with and be with and then with us. You know, to find the fingers on the hand and maybe you're part of the fingers and this is a hand, you know, but on our website, you'll find, you know, that information you know, about the present work of the Lord. And I can't thank you enough and Donna too for all your prayers, encouragement and your financial blessings. We surely need them and we need God to touch people like you. And we thank you for your obedience to the Lord for doing that. You know, um, you know we we trust God. That he's, he touches people. You know, I, I, as I wrote today, I don't sell my books or tapes or any of those. things because they're not mine. Free you receive, free we give. All of our things on our website are absolutely free. The downloads are free for you. And I have come in a place in my life now that he is my provider. And I know he provides to his people and he loves to provide to his people. He loves to put it in your hands. He loves to bless you so that you can bless others. He wants you to have enough and more than enough to bless others. So that's what I pray that God would fill your hands, provide all your needs, and you have enough and much left over, 12 12 baskets left over so that you can be a blessing to others. Giving is for living and living is for giving. So may God bless you for your prayers, for your love, your encouragement, and I pray for every blessing financially that you release. If God touches you today, praise God. If you're watching this for the first time, people ask me all the time, "How can I bless you with a, a financial gift?" Well, it's all up there. It's our it's PayPal link is up there. Okay, you can use our PayPal link or use our donation link on our website, and we appreciate it when anybody says, "I'm praying for you, brother Henry." And we appreciate it when people are saying, "Keep doing what you're doing." It's a blessing. And when people release their finances, which is their life, that's not easy to do. We are so blessed and so grateful to God. We pray over all of those things that God would bless it and multiply it back to you. We are so appreciative because God knows what we need. We can't do it without him. And we're trusting that if God is touching you, you will hear him and you'll obey him. If he's not telling you to do anything, you don't do anything. It's just that simple. But I know God does have people for us that he will touch on our behalf. Now, as I said to you, if we can serve you and help you in any way, please let us know. There was a prayer request on there. We're going to have Reverend Lynn look at it and we'll pray. We'll see, you know, not every request is legit, but some are, some aren't. So we have to pray and discern, you know, what is of the Lord, what isn't, and what we can do, what we can't do. You know, we have to obey the Lord. But we want to know your needs. We want to stand with you. We want to pray for you. Why? Because you're worth it. We love you. And if we can serve you and help you in any way, that's why we're here. It's a two-way street. So all you have to do is you can email Nin or myself. And if there's any needs, and we can pray for you, stand with you, help you, and we have the ability to do it, and God wants us to, we will do it. All right? Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching the broadcast. We love each and every one of you. Have a blessed week, a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you next Monday at, uh, at 1030 a.m for the final week of this particular series, all right? Love y'all, bye-bye.